Hello and welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's October 16th, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Google wants YouTube viewers to buy items directly from videos. Two, Twilio acquires Segment for $3.2 billion, unifying customer interactions and customer data. And three, Disney restructures to make streaming its main content priority. Shift one, Google wants YouTube viewers to buy items directly from videos. The world's leading video site, YouTube, recently confirmed it is testing features that let viewers buy the products they see in videos directly. Video creators will be able to tag products in their videos, creating a catalog that can be browsed and shopped. Tagged items will be linked to in-platform shopping and analytics tools to facilitate direct sales. YouTube is testing an integration with Shopify, which has been a key e-commerce partner for social platforms. For businesses that have moved online during the pandemic, it could represent an opportunity to engage customers and offset store closures. It is unclear how YouTube will monetize these transactions, though cost per action or commission are obvious possibilities. While its subscription services are gaining traction, YouTube's primary source of revenue continues to be advertising. It saw $3.8 billion in ad revenue in the most recent earnings quarter, Q2 2020. In the last full fiscal year, 2019, YouTube advertising generated $15 billion in revenue, a sizable business but representing just 9% of Google's revenue. YouTube has been experimenting with social commerce for a while, trying out different formats for browsing and shopping videos. In 2019, it tried Google Express shopping links under videos, an integration with Shopify that let creators list up to 12 items for sale in a carousel under their videos, and enhanced store links in video descriptions that displayed a pop-up with merchandise. In April 2020, it tested a products in this video feature with product information as an overlay on the video and under the video. June 2020 saw the launch of direct response formats for video ads, for example, a call to action button in lead forms, which has reportedly seen quote-unquote substantial growth. Social commerce has been in the spotlight lately, as businesses have moved online during the pandemic. Google's investments in YouTube shopping demonstrate its recognition that content and social media are becoming influential in e-commerce. The past year has seen a spate of significant initiatives from other players, such as Facebook's Shop Storefront, Instagram Shopping, which is being expanded to IGTV and Reels videos, Pinterest's shoppable pins with Shopify, and TikTok's shopping links. Livestream shopping has taken off in China, where it's expected to be a $129 billion business this year. YouTube as the world's largest video repository is an incredible asset that has largely gone underutilized in social commerce. If Google can create an effective and engaging retail experience on YouTube, it stands to unlock a massive opportunity and close the e-commerce discovery gap with Amazon. About half of all U.S. e-commerce searches start on Amazon, while less than a quarter start on Google. Losing further ground in product search could represent an existential vulnerability for Google's core advertising business. To read more content related to e-commerce and social commerce, check out our June 19th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Walmart will integrate with Shopify, adding 1,200 Shopify merchants to its third-party marketplace. In our May 22nd, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Facebook pushes into social commerce with a shop storefront. Shift 2. Twilio acquires Segment for $3.2 billion, unifying customer interactions and customer data. This week, 
cloud communications platform Twilio agreed to acquire customer data platform Segment for $3.2 billion in an all-stock deal. The acquisition is expected to close in Q4 2020. The rationale, according to Twilio's CEO, is to help its business customers break down silos of customer data scattered across systems and provide a single view of end-user journeys. For Twilio, which powers 1 trillion interactions annually for over 200,000 customers through its SMS, chat, voice, video, and email APIs, the acquisition will help it enrich and personalize these touchpoints. Segment, which was founded in 2011, calls itself a quote-unquote customer data infrastructure, or CDI company. It seeks to be the single source of truth or system of record for customer data, with the ability to both aggregate user events and data across sources, for example, websites, apps, and email, and proliferate that data to over 300 widely used third-party applications, for example, Mixpanel and Amplitude. According to its CEO, Segment solves a similar problem to the one that Salesforce addressed with CRM, except that customer data today tends to be more widely distributed and a medley of applications, and is no longer largely the purview of the sales team and CRM system. The Segment platform is used by over 20,000 companies for use cases in marketing, for example, real-time personalized interactions and developing personas, product development, for example, user testing, and engineering, for example, maintaining data quality. Segment and Twilio were both started by developers and pride themselves on being developer-friendly and low-friction, providing developers with thoughtful, API-first tools that allow for flexibility and customization is central to the acquisition. By integrating a leading customer data platform into its suite of communication tools, Twilio extends its value proposition for its large community of developers building custom data-driven applications. Segment's customer data infrastructure can also help power Twilio's next generation of AI offerings. For example, AI chatbots for contact centers. Twilio's acquisition of Segment comes as more businesses are forced by the pandemic to move online and interact with their customers through digital channels. The opportunity in enterprise communications is generating investor interest. Earlier this month, European Twilio analog MessageBird raised $200 million at a $3 billion valuation, joining the growing list of well-funded players. For example, Avaya and RingCentral. Big tech firms are building competitive offerings as well. In September 2020, Microsoft launched Azure Communication Services, which offers similar enterprise communication capabilities to Twilio. Microsoft joins Amazon AWS and Google Cloud as cloud providers offering messaging services, although Microsoft is billing itself as the, quote, first fully managed communication platform offering from a major cloud provider, end quote. Salesforce and Adobe also have a stake in retaining ownership of customer data and the surrounding connective tissue. To read more content related to the cloud race and messaging services, check out our September 25th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Microsoft seeks to differentiate Azure with three new offerings. And our July 17th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, WhatsApp business is growing fast, with now over 50 million active merchant users. Shift 3. Disney restructures to make streaming its main content priority. On Monday, Disney announced it was restructuring its media and entertainment businesses to centralize a new group called Distribution which will oversee commercialization, streaming, and technology. Perhaps most notably, distribution will have sole P&L responsibility for media and entertainment globally. The move is explicitly intended to accelerate its direct-to-consumer streaming services, 
in light of the success of the Disney Plus streaming service launched just last November 2019. Disney Plus originally projected 60 to 90 million subscribers by 2024, which it reached in eight months. Under the new structure, content and creative teams will be managed separately from the distribution group. Content creation is organized into three groups, studios, general entertainment, and sports, under the same leadership as previously. These groups will produce content for, quote, theatrical, linear, and streaming, with the primary focus being the company's streaming services, end quote. This includes Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, and the upcoming International Star streaming service. At the last earnings report, Disney's streaming services collectively had over 100 million paid subscriptions. The new structure clarifies and focuses the organization's strategy around streaming. While on the surface, the content side of the business hasn't changed much, the power to decide what content will be allocated to which channels is no longer in their hands. It means the removal of temptation to place undue focus on higher prestige legacy channels like theatrical. The new structure also eliminates some internal transfer pricing mechanisms. For example, the direct-to-consumer group having to pay for content internally, which can result in misaligned incentives. The distribution group is endowed with the responsibility for maximizing the return on investment in content creation, leveraging as many or few channels as needed. While Disney has tentacles in myriad businesses, at the core of its strategy has always been differentiated content. Differentiated content feeds every part of its far-ranging business, from music to merchandise to park experiences. Through this lens, the move by Disney to separate distribution from content creation makes sense, allowing each side to focus on strategically important objectives for Disney. However, Disney will have to be careful that the elevation of distribution and commercialization doesn't mean the diminishment of creative. Disney's overall P&L has been rocked by the pandemic. In Disney's most recent earnings quarter, during which its theme parks, cruises, movie production, and sports broadcasting businesses were all crippled, the company lost over $4.7 billion, its first quarterly loss since 2001. While Disney Plus has been a bright spot in terms of subscriber adoption, it is not expected to turn a profit until 2024. Also, part of its success is tied to Disney distributing content originally meant for theaters on Disney Plus, such as Artemis Fowl, Hamilton, Mulan, and its upcoming Pixar film Soul, where they may now be generating substantially less revenue than originally expected. Disney's reorganization is not good news for theater chains already devastated by delayed blockbusters and low attendance during the pandemic. Disney films represent an estimated 35% of U.S. box office revenues. AMC, the largest global theater chain, recently warned that it might run out of cash by the end of the year. That said, the move is unlikely to be the death knell for movie theaters. Despite Disney's emphasis on direct-to-consumer, which lets Disney keep more margin, Movie theaters have been and will likely continue to be central to studio profits, particularly for the tentpole films that Disney is famous for and can generate over $1 billion in ticket sales. Disney, for instance, is pushing back its highly anticipated Black Widow film to May 2021 in hopes of capturing the full blockbuster value. To read more content related to the movie theater business and video streaming, check out our July 31st, 2020 Three Shifts Edition, AMC and Universal collapsed the exclusive theatrical window to just over two weeks. In our October 24th, 2019 brief, Disney Plus and the Age of the Streaming Video Wars. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs 
and the Three Shifts Edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on electric vehicles and their growth trajectory, and talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition.